0: This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Vollmerins comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Father, into your presence we come, dear sir, to praise and to worship and to adore you. We say this is the day that you have made. And we will rejoice and be glad in you today. Thank you, Father, for giving us the precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for rising up big within me and thinking through my mind and speaking through my lips of clay. I declare that I'm a servant, ready to be used by the Master today. And I thank you, Father, that your woman will have ears to hear. Thank you they will be empowered, lifted up, motivated, exhorted, Father. Today, I know, is a day of destiny. Thank you, Father, for all the kind of women you've made. And we thank you for your word. We thank you it's like a seed will be planted in our hearts. And, Father, we, as significance, are not only hearers of the word, but we are doers of the word. And, therefore, we have good success and everybody says, Amen. Amen. Turn to someone and say, you look so beautiful this morning, and you may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. What an honor and a privilege, privilege it is to be here this morning to bring you the Word of God. As I was studying and praying, I asked God to give me the right Word for you. So I believe this is a Word from heaven just for you today. So, when we think about the kind of woman that God would use, a woman that would make an impact in the world, my mind immediately goes to the Bible. I think about Deborah. I think about Mother Teresa. Well, Mother Teresa is not in the Bible, but I think about Mother Teresa. She's an amazing woman. I think about Lady Diane. She made an impact on the world. But when I think about the Bible, I like to think about Deborah. Why do I like Deborah? Because Deborah was a woman warrior, and she was unafraid, she was bold. She had a wonderful relationship with God. And you see, when we have a relationship with God, our lives will be significant. Her life was significant because she had a relationship with God. And then I think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, because God used Mary to make such an impact on the world. And she had the characteristics of a God kind of woman. What I love about Mary is that she said to God, God, my agenda, I'm going to put to the side. Whatever you want for my life, I will do it. And I believe that God is looking for the kind of woman who will say, God, here I am. Whatever your agenda is for my life, I'll put everything aside and I will follow what you have in store for me. And so I think, I think about her. You know, Mary was not the perfect perfect woman, but she was the perfect woman for her assignment. And you and I are not the perfect woman, but we are the perfect woman for our God-given assignment. Glory to God. So you are in the right place at the right time. There are many wonderful women we could talk about, the kind of woman... That God would use. But I want to focus on a woman this morning whom we most probably would never consider that God could use her so mightily. Her story is a story of love. And you know, we love a love story, right? Her story is a story of forgiveness. And we love a, a story on forgiveness. And then her story is all about destiny. And I believe that God has brought you here today because he has got a destiny for each and every one of us to fulfill. So we're going to talk about the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well, the woman with no name. She went to draw water for herself in the midday heat. I guess she didn't want to go in the morning when the rest of the mothers and the ladies would come out and draw the water from the well. She didn't want to come in the evening when the other ladies would come. She had to go in the midday in the heat. She did this because she didn't want to be looked at and frowned upon. She didn't want the other woman to gossip about her, talk about her behind their backs because she was a woman who had had five husbands. And the man she was living with was not her husband. And so she went, but the day she went to the well, listen to this family, she went to have a head-on collision with destiny. And I believe that you're here this morning, and you're going to have a head-on collision with destiny. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And she met a man, and the man at the well, he was already sitting there. She was shocked that this man would start a conversation with her. But when Jesus did start a conversation with her, with this Samaritan woman, immediately he broke some social rules. Praise God, Jesus breaks rules. The first rule he broke was that, All women in those days were very inferior to men, and a Middle Eastern man would never talk to a woman, not even in public, not even his wife, and not even his sisters. He would never talk to a woman in public, and here Jesus is starting a conversation with this Samaritan woman. The second rule that he broke was no Jew would ever talk to a Samaritan because the Jews thought that the Samaritans had broken their Tradition of just marrying into the Jewish race and now they called them half-Jews because they married, the Jews married into Samarian, the Samaritans. So they were, the, the, the Jews felt that they had, they had betrayed their faith. And the third rule that Jesus broke was no self-respecting man, especially a teacher, would ever talk to a woman with a reputation like hers. It would defile them. But praise the Lord, Jesus disregarded social barriers and he started a a conversation with this woman. In John 4, 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Here this lady came to the well and she had a very heavy water pot on her shoulder. But the heaviness of her load that day was not in the water pot, but it was rather emotional burden that she carried. She must have been full of rejection, full of shame, full of disappointment. She must have felt unworthy. We don't know much about her history except she didn't have a name and suffice to say that she was passed from one man to another. In the course of her adult life she had no identity except that she was called the immoral woman she was the moral outcast but she was perfect for jesus to give her love and forgiveness thank you jesus that you and I are the perfect woman to receive his love and his forgiveness today so that when jesus went to samaria he went to samaria that day on purpose for a purpose. And his purpose was to meet the lady at the well. Jesus is here today on purpose, for a purpose, and that is to meet you and I today. Glory to God. So Jesus set up a divine appointment for this battered and bruised and broken woman. Jesus has set up a divine appointment for you today. If you battered and bruised and broken, Jesus has an appointment just for you today. It's your divine appointment today, girls. You're not here by accident. God has brought you here and he has got you on his mind. God remembers you. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, this is your day of change. This is your day of destiny. This is your divine appointment. It is today. Jesus spoke so tenderly and lovingly to this woman at the well. She was bruised and abused and broken. And Jesus said in verse 10, when he answered and he said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You who would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Everyone say, living water. water. See, Jesus spoke to her about living water, the life that comes from the Messiah. And Jesus looked at her heart. He could see the pain in her heart. But in order to heal her brokenness, the sadness, and her wounds in her heart, he had to ask her some hard questions. John 6, 16 says, and so Jesus said to her, well, go and call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, but I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said. I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. But what I love about Jesus, Jesus was not scolding her. Neither was he condemning her. But neither was he condoning her lifestyle. But he was making it obvious that he understood her pain. He understood where she came from. She had been mistreated by men most of her adult life. Abandoned by men. In fact, five in a row. And the sixth man she was with now, who she was living with, didn't even have the decency to marry her. He gave her no commitment. He just benefited from her. Six men five painful marriages, six painful scars in her life. You might say possibly but I've not been married five times I can't relate to you but talking about being divorced so many times but pain comes in many ways and many shapes pain comes through relationships might be relationship with, with friends and family it could pain come through our health it could be there's so many different causes of pain we could be rejected we could be abused we could be abandoned we could be uh, not thought of it could come in any way But today, there came a day when Jesus faced her and she had her destiny. Today, Jesus is facing you today and this is your destiny day she met the savior of the world glory to god she met her deliverer she met her healer she met the one who binds up the broken wounds and heals the the brokenhearted that's who she met at the well that day that's who you're meeting at church today you're meeting the god the savior who loves you the savior who's written your name in a book the savior that knows you from your mother's womb That's who you're meeting today, the Savior that loves you, that wants to take care of you and give you a destiny. And the destiny is good and not of evil. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus is here today. He wants to offer you healing. He wants to offer you hope. He wants to offer you a destiny. He wants to heal you from past relationships. Healing for the guilt that she carried. Many women carry guilt. They carry shame. It was hidden deep within her heart. But God said, I've come to offer you today forgiveness for love, redemption, and destiny. But Jesus challenged her pain. Girls, we cannot live in denial. We cannot pretend things didn't happen to us. There comes a t- time in our life where we've got to face our challenges, got to face our pain, got to face our whatever we've been through. We've got to face our fears and our past and our giants in our lives. There comes a day when we're at the crossroads where we've got to decide what are we going to do with the pain that we've been through? What are we going to do with the rejection we've we've gone through? God wants to give us freedom. It might take a little time to walk down that road of freedom, but freedom is offered to us. Some women choose to walk away from freedom because they enjoy the sympathy they get. They enjoy to be a victim. Because instead of being victorious, they get sympathy from their friends and their family. They pretend they enjoy the attention that they get, so they prefer to stay where they are at. They are bound by their chains of their past, but that's not you girls. We're here for freedom, we're here for deliverance, and we're here to have our destiny fulfilled. In Jesus' name. What I love about the woman at the well is when Jesus told her all about herself, she did not want to stay the same. She made a decision that day. I'm going to change. I'm going to receive His forgiveness, receive His love, receive His redemption. I'm going to receive whatever Jesus has for me. My life is going to change today. Glory to God. So she ran to the village and and she told everybody, including the men, what Jesus had told her. In verse 29, it says, come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And they went out in the city and came to him. This was such a courageous step for this woman because she went back to the village and she started speaking. And the men must have been in that crowd. In fact, her five husbands might have been there. There could have been Johnny over there and Sam over there and Thomas over there and, and Billy over there. And she said, yes, God told me all about you. And Fred, don't forget you, the sixth guy that I'm living with, God told me about you also. But you know, when she met Jesus, she found freedom. Now she was not worried about the opinions of others. She didn't worry what they said about her. They didn't worry about the labels that they put on her because now she had found freedom. And when you get freedom, you get boldness and you become courageous. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so we find that this woman with no name the woman that was five husbands and the one she was with wasn't her husband. When God changed her life, she became the first evangelist and witness to the community all about God. Hallelujah to Jesus. This was the first time that the Samaritans or half-Jews recognized that Jesus was their Messiah all because this woman said, I say yes to Jesus, I say yes to change, I say yes to freedom, I say yes to my destiny in Jesus' name, glory God. She did not run away from Jesus when he put a finger, his finger on her pain. But she allowed his compassion to heal her and to restore her. The kind of woman that God knew uses is not necessarily the supermodel, Definitely not the superwoman. She's not the Miss Perfect. She's just the woman who says, Jesus, I say yes. Jesus, I say yes. Yes to your plan. Yes to your destiny. I say yes. How many women do we have in the house today who's going to say, I say yes, Jesus, to your plan and your destiny. I've come to tell you today that God is wanting to rewrite some of your stories He wants to change some of your destinies. He wants to rewrite your journey, and it's for good and not for evil. In 2018, my husband and I had the awesome opportunity and privilege. We were given a gift. Actually, it was my husband's gift, but thank God I'm married to him because I got it as well. So some couples got together, and they gave us a gift of going around Italy on a yacht, and I just loved Italy. It was my first time, and I loved the sights and the sounds and the gelatos and the sorbets and the food and everything, and I just loved it. So I would have eight to ten double espressos a day. I would have at least two sorbets a day, and I just love coffee, and I just had a lot of it. It's a memory that lasted a lifetime. When we got home back to San Antonio to the real world, and now we had to you know get back to working, one night I decided I'm gonna take out the staff and we're gonna go bowling. I forgot that I was still competitive, my flesh hasn't died yet, and so I wanted to win. My team had to win, which is so ridiculous because we are one staff and we are small staff, so why are you trying to gang up against the other little bit of your staff? My husband was helping everyone no, a bowl like this. I said, Theo, that's not on our team, okay? This is our team. We are going to win. <laughs> Bev, he said, stop being so competitive. Your flesh hasn't died. We are one body. We need to help each other. I said, no, this is bowling. This is winning. I'm winning. <laughs> Nevertheless, the sad story is that my team lost. But I guess it's God saying to me, hey, But after bowling that night, I got into bed and suddenly my left foot started to swell and swell and swell. So I thought it was all the moves that I was doing that I hadn't done before because I was desperate to win. So I got that bowling ball. I went right down as far as I could and I bowled and I had moves that I haven't done forever. So I said to my husband, I think I've sprained my foot. So he said, that will teach you a lesson. I said, and so then I said to him, honey, uh, will you pray for me? Listen, Pam, it's very, good, uh, very important. He prayed. Nothing happened. I was in such excruciating pain. And he said, can I take you to the emergency room? I said, no. Just, I'm going to be okay. Just, um, my foot is swollen, so you know what we did? We got our phones and we spoke to Siri. Siri, what must we do with a swollen foot? And Siri said, ice it. So so we went to the fridge. My husband went to the fridge. And he wrapped my foot with a ice pack. And then that whole night, I was taking painkillers. Thank you, Jesus. And then that night, every two hours, my husband would get up. He would take my foot. Elevate my foot, wrap it with the ice, wait 45 minutes, i was sound asleep. Put, um, then he'd unwrap my foot, take it back to the, the, fr- the freezer, put the wrap in the freezer. When it iced up again, he would ice my foot all night long. Um, Dr. Theo was Dr. Theo. He, he, <laughs> he, my, he um, wrapped my foot. It took about 10 days before my foot went down. And so I searched my heart and I said, Lord, I've done something wrong. I've opened the door. I know my body. I don't get sick. This doesn't happen to me. What is it? So I searched my heart. Lord, is there any, any unforgiveness? Is there any bitterness? Is there any resentment? I searched my heart. I couldn't find any. I had, I had forgiven everyone. I've got no bitterness. I've got no resentment. My heart is clean. So I said, Lord, I don't understand where I've opened the door. Nevertheless, At the end of the year, we went to um, Orlando, where we go to Disney as our customers. And we take our grandchildren for a week to Disney. And we had just got into a house. We hire a house. And I got into the house, and the one night, my foot, the same foot swelled up. This time, I thought, I haven't got 10 days for this foot to go down. You prayed last time. Nothing happened. We're going to the urgent care this time. So we went to the urgent care. So I put my foot up, and I said, um, you know, I could hardly walk it. I was, it was in such pain. And I put my foot up, and I said to the doctor, okay. What is going on? Because I just want you to know within five days this foot must be down because I'm going to Disney with my children. So if I need to take a shot, you can give me a shot. I don't care, whatever. And my husband's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is in that shot? What is the side effects of the shot? What is the ingredients? I said, honey, it doesn't matter about that. We've got to get the foot down. And if you know my husband, he is so health conscious and I'm the black sheep of a family. Whatever works to get me fine, I'm good. (laughs) So the doctor said to me, you've got to understand this, I've got my leg up there. The doctor said to me, you have gout. I said, gout, what's that? (laughs) So he said, well, gout actually happens when there's too much uric acid in your body And gout manifests if you are dehydrated. When he said dehydrated, all the lights came on and everything fell into place. Two years earlier, my husband had a dream. And in the dream, God spoke to him and said, Theo, I cannot protect Beverly anymore because she's not drinking enough water. So girls, let this be a lesson to us all. When he told me this two years ago, I paid no attention, now I was paying the price. If we don't pay attention to God's word, we will pay the price. When the doctor said I was dehydrated, I immediately understood I had been disobedient. To God's word, and God could not protect me. My husband's prayers could not work because I was in disobedience. So, girls, sometimes we come for prayer and we lay our hands on empty heads because you don't need a miracle, we need to change our way. But as smart as I am, I changed my ways. The doctor said to me, I'm going to give you a wheelchair so you can wheel yourself around Disney World. I said, I can tell you right now, I'm never getting in a wheelchair, okay? My foot is going down, it's going to be fine. And just give me the shot in my butt and I'm going to be good. I'm going to walk on my own two feet. So I repented that day for ignoring God's word because I abused my body. I had to cut down the espressos from eight to ten a day to about four. But now I'm drinking two to three liters of water a day. <laughs> Girls drink water. Water, water, water. Do you know many things will disappear if you drink water? Inflammation will disappear, arthritis will disappear, depression will disappear, and false appendicitis will disappear, headaches will disappear, migraines. You can heal your body if you drink enough water. But when I realized that I was dehydrated and needed more water, and I realized I needed to pay attention to God's word and change my ways, my body was sick because it needed water. Just as a physical body craves water to survive and function correctly, so the spiritual woman craves spiritual water to survive. So let's talk about the spiritual water girls. I want to give you a water that you'll never thirst again. I personally think that women are depressed. I think that they are going through pain, regret, condemnation, shame. They feel weary. They feel anxious. They've lost hope because they haven't plugged into the everlasting water, which comes from Jesus Christ. God is wanting to pour out His Spirit on each and every one of you. He wants you to be refreshed and whole and happy and healed and fulfilled with your destiny. So the God, the kind of woman that God is going to use is the woman who is thirsty for God. How many of us are thirsty this morning? We are thirsty for more of God. We are thirsty for more of the anointing. We are thirsty for the supernatural. We are thirsty for God's power to flow in life. We are thirsty. We want more of God today. Hallelujah. You know, girls, when you have and you drink enough water, you'll become bold. You'll become powerful woman of God. You'll no longer be the clinging vine. You'll no longer be the needy. You'll no longer be the gullible. You'll no longer feel inconsistent. You'll no longer feel that you have a need for approval because you will already have filled yourself up with the Word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When we are filled with the with the of God. We become bold, become courageous. Satan knows that if we drink the living water, we are going to become a threat to him. We're going to walk in freedom. We're going to walk in authority. We're going to walk in power. We're going to be, have a tender heart, a nurturing heart, a passion for souls. We're going to be an agent of change if we drink enough of the living water. Our children will change. Our families will change. A whole generation can be affected by one woman if she's filled with the living water. Our enemy, the devil, does not want to drink us to drink of the living water. He doesn't mind if we go and sit at the well all day long, as long as we don't drink of the living water that Jesus has offered us. And the question I want to ask you girls, are you thirsty? Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled John seven thirty seven says, Now on this last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. John, George Whitefield seemed to have no future. He was born in England in 1714, the son of an English bartender. Yet something happened to him when someone showed him that he could be filled with living water. He cried out as soon as someone showed him that verse, he cried out and he said, I thirst, I thirst. And with that thirst, it... Multiplied, and he went into the ministry and, and, the, and the story tells us that he began preaching. He began a preaching in barns in those days. He preached in off wagons, he preached everywhere he had an opportunity, and he began to tell thousands and thousands of people that Jesus died on the cross. Jesus loves them, Jesus forgives them, Jesus can rewrite their stories, Jesus can meet them and change their destiny. He began to talk about Jesus everywhere he went. In fact, he became key, one of the key figures in the revival that swept in England, the Wesleyan revival. Lord Bolingbroke said Whitfield was the most extraordinary man of our time. And Benjamin Franklin said, described how wonderful it was to see the change made by his preaching. From thoughtless and indifferent about religion, it seemed now the whole world was growing religious. And it all began with someone who was thirsty for more of God. If God... Can use a man who comes from a bartender with no future to change England, and God can take the woman at the well with a bad past and change her community, then God is looking for you and I to say, Jesus, I'm thirsty. I'm ready to turn my community upside down. I'm ready to turn my country upside down. I'm ready to turn my job upside down. I'm ready to turn my school upside down. I'm ready to be used by the master. I believe that we are at a time where every daughter of the king needs to stand up and be counted. And God is raising up a generation of women, young and old and in between. And we will not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I believe that God is raising you and I up to help build the kingdom of God and pull down the strongholds of the wicked one. We are part of that group. We are part of the woman who will say, I'll be unafraid to tell others about the goodness of God. We will be bold to pray for our sisters. We'll be bold to cast out devils. We'll be bold to say, let me help you in the name of Jesus. Daughter, you were born for revival. Will you be the woman at the well? who says yes to Jesus or will you be the man who says I will have no future but in Jesus he'll take my future he's here today and he wants to change your story thank you for joining us during this episode of living life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz we hope that through this inspired teaching you had an encounter with God if you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources